0: So welcome in to week three of the Backroads podcast. This is the Six-Man Scoreboard Show. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressPassSports.com. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. And we're here to give you a, take a look at all six-man action from Region 1 to Region 4 across the state from Follette to Nueces Canyon, all the way out towards El Paso and back uh, to the East uh, Texas land and Oakwood and off of that area and Bobby, it was a lot of good games going on, both Thursday, Friday night, even a couple of games on Saturday. And, uh, I, you know, we got a special guest on, so let's start with that team right there. And and, and it's one of the best programs out there. That's out of Division Two. That is the Strong Greyhounds and Coach Dwayne Lee join us. Coach, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How about you
0: guys? Doing well. Doing awesome. So your Greyhounds get a victory over Bryson, 56 to nothing. Uh, just tell us a little bit about how the game went. I thought
1: we played really well in areas. Um, Bryson's got a new coach. I think he's made some changes, um, run a little bit different offense, and I think he's done a really good job. They're a young bunch. So I, I think they're, they're going to they're gonna improve as the year goes. I think in a couple of years they're going to be really good. So I was pleased with our effort. I was pleased with some, some things we did. Um, I thought we got better in some areas. So I thought it was really good for what we needed.
0: So you're kind of considered one of the deans of six-man football, and the Greyhounds are very, very successful year after year after year. And just like up here in the Texas Panhandle, we have a few teams like that. What do you attribute your success year over year there at Strawn?
1: You know, the the culture here, kids understand and parents understand. And we've had some great assistant coaches and and longevity. And, you know, Coach Dale Pachoski and Coach Brent Dawson, Coach Pashoski is the head coach at AD at Buena Vista, and he was with me for 12 years. And Coach Dawson was actually um, with me for 10. He was becoming an administrator. Now he owns his own Chick-fil-A in, in Bryan, Texas. And then I have Coach Cervantes who's been with me for six and Coach Eli for, for five. And that's that's kind of unheard of in, in the six-man world because, you know, a lot of schools don't pay real well. You keep people. And these guys had many, many opportunities to be head coaches. And I just try to keep them. I just take them out to eat and big reasons our success just because of the consistency and having people understand the program.
2: Okay. So everyone around the state has heard of your super freshman. I know you have other players that help him along. I understand he's pretty tall has a, is about 180 pounds. How do you think he's been playing so far?
1: When, when he came in, you know, I've known, I've, I've, I've known coach Rigdon and, I, and I've known, I've known Grayson, they call him Chaka and I've known him. They played, you know, Pee football against strong and um, you know, I knew he's going to be a great athlete. You know, I've seen some things he's done on basketball court, but you know, we got eight seniors. He came in, and um, he don't have to be. He doesn't have to do everything on the team because we got some kids around him that you know can, can contribute, and he don't really have to carry the team. But as of, you know, this is week three. He has done a tremendous job. My expectations are, I can't even tell you. He blew my expectations out of the water the things he's done it's just amazing watching him and it's not stuff we taught him i mean um i think we worked him hard and you know you know made him you know a little bit stronger in areas but as in his vision on the field his effort you know he wins he wins 95 percent of every sprint in practice i mean not only been a great athlete his work ethic is is top notch and every great player we've ever had in strong you know they work extra. They spend time, and everybody always says, "Well, oh, it's easy to be athletic and good." But when they, when you have a work ethic like he does, I, I hate to say it, but I've never seen a kid like him. I've never had a kid like him. I mean, not even close. Wow. Especially being a freshman. Yeah.
0: That, that's high. That's high praise. There. Talk a little bit about from six-man landing. This is one of the things I really like about six-man. In the bigger schools, oftentimes, unless you are somebody headed to the NFL, it is hard to get on the field your freshman and sophomore year. And six-man, you can have kids playing everywhere from freshmen to seniors. How much do you think that actually helps your team to gel more knowing that everybody could have a spot or a place for your team?
1: I think it, it does, you know. But, you know, a lot of times we don't – in Strong, we don't have – but sometimes you're a senior before you see the field or a junior. You know, we don't we don't have many freshmen just make a splash and – um. He can make a splash at probably pretty much any program in the state of Texas. Eleven man, and and, and I, I wouldn't say splash, but he play. I think he could play as a freshman at, at most eleven man schools contribute somewhere.
2: That is high praise. Tell us a little bit how how's Lorenzo doing? I know we most of us have watched him in the Texas Six series, and we're looking forward to season two when that comes out. Lorenzo struck me as one of those players who has really good work ethic and is a leader on the team.
1: Yeah, you know um, Lorenzo's dropped. He's dropped about fifteen pounds. He's um he's really worked really hard this summer to to get in better shape. That's been something he's been lacking the last couple of years. He's never gotten very good shape. He struggles in and like I said, this is early in the season, and he, and I promise you, this is the best shape he's ever been in since I've been around him. So. He is really taking the season. I mean, I mean, taking it to heart. His work ethic has been unbelievable. His leadership, um, he's moving around great on defense. He's running the ball. He's blocking out of the backfield. He's been he's been a big, big plus and just because he's in shape. And you know, of course, you know, he squatted six hundred pounds last year at the Pirate of of Meet. I mean, he's a real deal.
2: So do you know when season two is gonna come out for those of us with, waiting with bated breath? I that was know. You know that was a good that was a good uh, series. Well,
1: thank you. Um, yeah, I I think they're working on it. I know it's been picked up. I know they're gonna they're gonna show it. I think October, November. I talked to Jared. You know, once a week, some t- most of the time, but you know, I never really asked him about. It.
0: Did Did you feel any extra pressure with all the filming that was going on? Um, to maybe try and portray something, or was it easy just to be yourself? <laughs> you know
1: the cameras down in your face. And I think what, for me, you know, in the game, it's always in my face, but I think I got, I got used to it. When I got used to it, I think I was, I was myself and, and, you know, I'm always mocked up. So, you know, he, he gets to hear a lot of things, you know, under my breath and talking, but the big thing, the big thing that I really noticed was like, when we started that as the season went, you know, especially last year I said, you know, before it came out, you know, he said he had the episodes done. I said, "Well, send me season one." He said, "No, I don't want to send you season one." He said, "That was one thing." He he was always saying that. You know, pretty much we were the same. We didn't really ever change it. Sometimes it it wasn't really old, but it was it was different. I mean, especially when when you know when you're having, you know, we've had some ups and downs and was you know some adversity and 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 um. I thought he did a really good job. There was never one time that they ever said. Coach, can you say that again? Can you walk through the door? Every single thing you see on that was, was legit, was authentic. You know the TC voice, the the, the guy who announces. It, that's the only thing that, that they added extra to that. But besides that, every single thing there's, you know, there's times they were mad because sometimes they miss some things. It was a lot of fun. You know, I I understand what it, it, the big picture of it for the kids and our community. You know, I think it's really good. You know, it was Emmy nominated, so. I think he did a really good job portraying us. And, and a lot of people don't, you know, have heard, I've had a lot of positive feedback and I've had had a little negative about, you know, some people around us saying, oh, look at coach Lee, nobody wants to be coached like that. And he yells all the time and this and that. And, and that's what, if that's what you get out of me coaching. And, you know, they don't really see the ins and outs in my daily operation, who I am.
2: Very true so we've already started talking and you've probably uh probably tired of hearing this about the Strawn and gordon matchup at the end of district and i plan on being at that game it should be i think it should be a good one by the time we get there what are your thoughts
1: you know i've learned through the years because of the robbery you know and, and and it's really big and and you know when when i was at silverton we we were rivalries with valley and one of eastern grand falls is a Pretty big rivalry, but nothing compares to Gordon Strong. It's not even close. There's not even nothing out there. There's nothing in six man like it. So you got to take it in stride and just hope hope you know you don't get too focused and too caught up on that. When we get there, we'll we'll try to do our thing. Because if you if you start worrying about it getting too hyped up and you know you you lose focus of what you need to be doing.
0: You you talked about Grand Falls and Silverton. Tell us a little bit how you got into six-man football. Did you start in 11-man, and how would you get into six-man, and, and where did that passion for it come from?
1: I got a job in Grand Falls, and I was assistant coach, and we were 11-man. And I played I played football in New Mexico, so I played 3-8 football in Crane. So I've never even seen a six-man game. And so during 2 days our numbers were real low, so we had to play – we had a, had a board meeting and course I, I didn't get, you know, I wasn't at the board meeting, but they just come and tell me, we're going to drop the six man. Our numbers are low. We, we got an outlaw schedule and I'm like, eh, I know, you know, I'll say one year cause it was a job. I was excited to have a job. It was like, okay, I got, you know, when you're 24 years old and you just, and you have a job, you're excited. So all my buddies, they're like, you gotta get out of there. You can't be a six man coach. So, I kind of liked it. I enjoyed the first year of being an assistant. I didn't know one single thing about it. My first, my first game to ever even watch was the one I coached in because we didn't have the internet then. We didn't have the, the huddle. Well, the superintendent told me to don't take a job yet. He said don't take a job until until you know you talk to me. So in that summer, I called up someone. I got a job offer. It was just assistant job at 11 man school, and he said we want to offer you the head football job, and I took it. I mean, I was young and I was dumb and, you know, ear and we went one and nine. We got 45, like seven times that year. We played Sarah Blanca. we were both oh and nine at the end of the season. And um, we actually won that game. We shouldn't have won it. They had to take a knee and their quarterback threw a. He didn't want to take a knee. He didn't do what the coach told him. He threw a pick and we scored to win the game. So that was my first season as a head coach, one and nine. And then we went three, five and two. There was two ties. We didn't have the tiebreaker. I looked back and I didn't I didn't know enough. I was I was too young, knowing the things I know now and, and you know having people around. Vance Jones helped me out a lot. I met him through the years and, and he was at Sanderson. He was at, actually for Stockton when I met him. And he really helped me. And um I was lucky I survived it. I didn't get fired and um, I, you know and it, it was good for me and, and twenty-eight years I've been a head code.
0: Well Coach Lee, we do appreciate you taking time on a Sunday to to talk with us. Uh, good luck to the strong greyhounds, and I'm sure we'll be seeing you uh, well on down the road and uh, uh, possibly a, a shot at uh, Jerry's World there, but uh, good luck to the greyhounds. We really do appreciate your time this afternoon.
1: Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: You have a good afternoon, and we'll uh, see
2: you soon.
1: Uh, we'll see you guys. Nice. See you okay.
0: later. Bye. Bye. Well, Bobby, it was great to have Coach Lee, one of the deans of six-man football, on, and uh, just just fabulous to talk to him and, and get his impression. Not only his team, his his fabulous uh, freshman that he's got there, but just to find out—I I don't think a lot of people realize the roads that some of these guys take to get to six-man football.
2: I I really don't. I know his was a was a hard road at the first, just like he described. But it seems like he rose to the challenge, and and now look at him.
0: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, we talked about the number two strong Greyhounds. Let's talk about the number one team in Division Two. That is the Motley County Matadors. Coach Bigham uh, got his team rolling again. They had a big matchup against the Spur Bulldogs. Uh, Motley County was actually down in this one, 20-14, and I remember seeing the score going, oh, my goodness, Spurs playing with Motley County. This is impressive. And the boy Motley mm-hmm. County just turned it up another notch. Caden Royce, 15-25, 268 yards and five touchdowns. Some kid named Jake Richards, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him, uh-huh. Seven carries 222 yards and four touchdowns. Jace Martin uh, on the receiving end of those, uh, some of those passes from Roy's, he had 103 yards receiving and two touchdowns. To me, that's an impressive victory. I, I've been impressed with Spurs so far this season. And, you know, they were playing Motley County there for a while, but I think that tells you how good the Matadors are.
2: They turned it on after half uh, Corey Hamilton suffered a, another pull of that hamstring. And I know Spur had a few issues with some cramps late in in that game, not taking anything away from the Matadors, because, you know, we we've talked about that super senior class they have right now. It seems that they may be a little slow going out of the gate, but they sure did finish with a roar at that game. They just kind of uh, took it after halftime and put it away.
0: Definitely, third-ranked Richland Springs—the take out Coolidge, sixty-six to thirty-two—and uh, just this beat goes on there in Richland Springs. The last time Richland
2: Springs and Coolidge met was nineteen ninety-nine. Wow, we were younger. In the, that... Oh, we were way younger <laughs> then. It seems that Zane Caps was our helmet sticker winner. They said he was impressive in that game.
0: The fifth-ranked Balmoray Bears, no surprise here, they take out an Oasis Canyon. Coach Fletcher, who I know you got to talk to earlier in the year out of Division I, they win that one 64 to nothing. And I just, I got to tell you, you look at the top five teams in Division Two: Motley County, Strawn, Richardson Springs, Balmoray. so, so impressive. Some years
2: you have two picked out, and I really did early. I thought, you know, it's going to be Motley County and Strawn. In Jerry's world down there in December. But now we've got some other people kind of wiggling their way into that. A Balmeray, you know, everyone thought, oh, Balmeray's going to be down this year because they've got a bunch of sophomores. Do not count them out. Can never do that.
0: That you can. And a team speaking of that you can't count out, and one of those that is kind of knocking on the door as well, that's the fall at Panthers. And Coach Copley, they take out Claude 60-12 to 12 methodical and they just keep on winning which is uh seems to be the bread and butter of what coach copley is just winning
2: (laughs) yes that's that's exactly what he does and and they're going to keep doing that and you could just go ahead and expect that because it's going to happen
0: exactly uh the seventh ranked klondike cougars they uh, wipe out grady 62 to 16 for the wildcats gunner cherry nine uh carries 79 yards and two touchdowns Really what hurt Grady in this ballgame, six fumbles in the game, and that really helped the Cougars uh, take that ballgame from Grady there, 62 to 16.
2: You know, Mata is coaching it over at Grady, and he's a Balmeray product. As you know, there's three Mata's still on the Balmeray team. Two, there's twins that are sophomores and then a junior. So I think that he's probably instituting a program over there at Grady, and
0: I'm kind of excited to see what he does. It will be great. Then we get to the eighth-ranked Groom Tigers, and that's when we get to an upset. The Nazareth Swifts take out Groom 40-22 to for Nazareth. Luke Schulte, 116 yards passing and two touchdowns, 60 yards rushing and a touchdown. Schulte had been out up until this ball game, and it made a huge difference. He was a quarterback for them last year, I believe an all-district performer, in fact, and uh, they were playing without him, kind of had some folks in different roles. He comes back, and they upset the Tigers and Coach Dotson.
2: They do. I was a little surprised to see that score. But, you know, Nazareth has been playing tough week one and week two. They were pretty tough. They may have not come out on top on the scoreboard, but, but they finally got it done in week three against Groom. So that'll be interesting to see what happens up there.
0: And then uh, speaking of Bobby Brown, let's uh, look at the ninth ranked to Jayton Jaybirds. Coach Stanley with a victory over Wilson Friday night, 56 to nothing.
2: They did. They got a win on a Thursday night. A Thursday. Um, Okay. Yeah, they did. Uh, They had to change it because officials actually that original game, I believe was supposed to be in Wilson. So they switched it to Jayton because of the ref shortage. And I I think we're going to, we're going to see that a lot this year. I know that I changed at least 10 games a week (laughs) uh, for Friday to Thursday, because there's just simply no refs
0: referee shortage is a problem from region one to region four. It's not just isolated pockets. It is everywhere. And I would just, I'll take this moment for just a second. If you're an adult out there, and honestly, I think you can start in football at the age of 16. If you like football and you want to get out there and referee do it. I, I mean, my fear, Bobby, is we're going to reach a point where we're having football games going four and in five nights a week because we don't have enough referees and, you know, if you don't want to referee, well, the other part of that I would say is let's be kind to them. It's become a a job that sometimes I don't think people get into because they know the abuse they're going to take.
2: I'm on the sidelines a lot, taking pictures, and I hear all the abuse that is yelled from the from the vicinity of the stands. It may not be just the stands; it's prevalent. And it makes me cringe because I know we're all passionate. We all want to root for our teams, but those refs are doing it out of the goodness of the heart. Yes, they're paid, but we are seeing the backlash of losing so many refs this year. It seems like the big reason would be the abuse that they take. We can do our part and, you know, everybody makes mistakes. We're all human.
0: Exactly. Be kind.
2: Be kind. That's 59.
0: right. Well, speaking of kind, that is not what the Ant Bulldogs were to Lubbock Kingdom prep. Coach Hoover takes uh, Lubbock Kingdom prep out 59 to 14. That's a team that I think uh, is kind of, I don't know, they're quietly really good. They, they really are.
2: And, you know, we talked about them a little bit. I think that was week one. You know, here when we get to week 10, this is all just gonna run together. So, but I know I talked to a coach, I went to watch them against Southland and and the ant and Bulldogs play really, really well together. They have really good team chemistry. And when you have that, it's kind of hard to 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 beat that.
0: Well, you know, when you have a champion on your roster, Sergio champion.
2: <laughs> I love how you worked that in there. That was awesome.
0: All right, so let's go move up now to division one and look at the top ten there. And uh right off the bat, the number one ranked May Tigers, they defeat Knox City 65 to 16. This was a matchup from last year, and uh May boy, they look really strong right now, Bobby.
2: They do, they are just on a roll, and I can't wait
0: to see what they do. I don't think they're gonna slow down. They're kind of like that freight train coming. Number two ranking took on number seven Borden County. And to me, this was an interesting ball game because Borden County's been 45. 45- twice in a row which Mm -hmm. who knows when that happened Uh, I mean I don't know maybe Fred Flintstone was still driving his car at that point in time but at halftime Rankin's up 30 to 26 and you and I are texting each other going oh my goodness what's going on right then the Red Devils woke up uh they defeat Borden County 76 to 40 uh Ishmael Rodriguez had a heck of a ball game for Borden County uh and and they talked about that a lot and he, he did a really good job Braxton Kirkland is a, is so, so good from that spread back position, but I got to tell you this Bunger kid, all you hear is his name.
2: Yes. David Bunger. I'm telling you, he is quite something. Uh, he's a big kid. He's a junior. And let me tell you, he's like the energizer bunny. He does not slow down and he gets blocks. He, he picks up fumbles. I mean, he does it all
0: for the red devils. He's doing a great job over there. So, ranking gets the win 76 to 40 and, you know, quietly, Borden County is 0-3, but also quietly, shh, they might start being to find something, and that can be scary if you're in Region 1. You know, they they are. I believe that. We've talked about that the
2: last two weeks, how you never can count them out. Like you mentioned, Ishmael Rodriguez, and they have the other super sophomore, Rhett Kingston, and, you know, that's TMAC Kingston's, younger brother and we all know how t-mac turned out for the coyotes from what i understand his little brother Rhett is just a tad faster which is scary in and of itself
0: that it is uh, the third ranked sterling city eagles pick up the victory over the scream and eagles of o'donnell not minnesota state but uh of o'donnell of o'donnell they went <laughs> that one 84 to 38 in You know, Sterling City lost to May in a a barn burner. But, you know, this Eagles team, they lost so many people. But my guess is they're kind of happy to kind of move down the rankings a little bit and just, just hide in the weeds.
2: I think a lot of coaches really relish that because when you're on top, you have a big O target on your back and every single team that you play, they're coming for you every single week. So, you know, if the Eagles can hide in the weeds a little bit, I'm sure that's going to be a little comfortable for them right now. Not for a long
0: time, but you know how it goes. Oh, I most definitely do. Uh, speaking of targets, a team that's starting to get a target on their back, and we knew they'd be good, but they might be even better than we thought. The Westbrook Wildcats take out Lorraine 57-6. to Boy, Westbrook is really impressive this year.
2: They really are. And I'm going to be honest, I, I'm kind of surprised at that because I watched their first scrimmage, and I know, I know, first scrimmage, you know, everybody's trying to figure out where they're going and all the moving parts, especially Westbrook having lost so many seniors. It surprised me because what I saw when they played against Spur, it's like something wasn't there. There was a part missing or something. You know, they those Wildcats, they've gone to prove me wrong. They found that missing part and they are they are rolling on all cylinders
0: right now. Is that, you know, and you speak about Westbrook and Sterling City. I mean, we can't fast forward fast enough to that district matchup. That should be a phenomenal game and can't wait till we get there. Out of Region Four, the Jonesboro Eagles. We talked about it last week. Coach Gallego says, "Just leave this alone. We're going to keep on winning." They take out Johnson County Homeschool, fifty-eight to eight.
2: Oh, like we talked about, Jonesboro is going to keep doing that. We expect that
0: at this point. A uh, Region Three matchup: the sixth-ranked Abbott Panthers are victorious over the Covington Owls, sixty-two to twelve, for the Panthers. Robert Munoz, seventeen carries, one hundred and five yards, and three touchdowns. Carson Johnson, three of five passing for 98 yards and two touchdowns, and all of those went to Kane Kloss. Three receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns, and he decided to chip in eight tackles in the ballgame. And then for Covington, Timothy Gatton, seven carries, 74 yards and a touchdown, and Isaiah Jennings, two receptions, 36 yards, and a score there for the Owls. Hopefully
2: the Owls will get those half of their team back from injury and health issues. I, I was happy to see that they scored. Some touchdowns that was good. Of course, Abbott, they're always gonna be right there in the fight. They've got a good program
0: over there. That they do. Uh, a game that was on Thursday night, a game that I had on my network, the Happy Sports Network. The Cowboys took on the Spring Lake Earth Wolverine's. And you and I talked about it earlier in the week. Happy was favored by 28 points. <laughs> Where that came up at, I have no clue. And and I will tell you, I was worried about that game. And the Wolverine's uh victorious in this one, 68 to 36. And and we talked about Spring Eck Earth having a flat out war with Rankin. Well, they turned right around the next week and had one with Happy. That, that was a very physical ball game. Braxton Etheridge really was the difference in that ball game. 144 rushing yards and three touchdowns, 197 yards passing and a receiving touchdown. And the big man, Keyshawn Holmes, 12 carries, 59 yards. So it doesn't sound too great, but two touchdowns. I think it's just his size that makes a difference when he carries the ball. He's definitely
2: a force. And once he gets going forward, you just can't, I mean, it's like getting in front of a, a wild raging bull. <laughs> I mean, it it, it's quite something just watching it is fascinating. It is fascinating, but you're right. Can't take anything from the happy cowboys. Uh, they are they are gelling more and more every week, and I know you get to see them every week, but I I finally got to see them this week. I'll tell you what, they, they are just a really, really good team, and they may be a lot of sophomores and juniors, but I've I got to give a shout out to Camden, your son. I mean, he is so consistent back there. I think he had, what, five touchdowns?
0: Five touchdowns, 169 yards passing in the game.
2: Then they've got number nine, Quay, back there, Hodges, Quay Hodges.
0: Quay Quay is the epitome of a country boy. (laughs) You know. 180 pounds, and, uh, you know, he's the kind of kid, and we get so much of this in six-man. He's going to go out there, and he's going to battle for four quarters, and then after the game, he's liable to be doing something with cattle out in a field at 11 o'clock at night.
2: (laughs) And you know what? That's the most awesome thing about six-man kids, because that that's the norm that is the norm but yeah he was everywhere and he played on both sides of the ball and I think the only time he came off of the field was when someone was kicking the ball so you can't count happy out because coach Perriman does a really good job they're going to keep working so what uh, this is what I told Connor your other son I told him I said listen Uh, I think we just watched the quarterfinal, a preview of the quarterfinal game. We'll we'll see if we're right about that.
0: Well, I hope you're a very good uh, fortune teller there. I know the uh, Spur Bulldogs, White Deer Bucks, and Valley Patriots might have a little something to say about that. Well,
2: yeah, they might, but I I just.
0: Gordon County in an area around matchup against Spring Lake Earth, they might have something to say about that too. But, you know. Better teams in Region 1.
2: There, there are a lot of good, good teams in Region 1, and there's a, also a lot of unknowns. I think that's what makes this so awesome, because there's not some clear, you're going to be it. I mean, right now, we, we think that about Spring Lake Earth, but then you think of the leaps and bounds that Borden County is making, what I saw from Happy. Those teams are going to be right there in the mix. When we get past week 11.
0: That they will. And you mentioned Quay real quick. Uh, his brother, both of these Hodges boys are sophomore. 17 carries, 170 yard, 107 yards. Quay Hodges, three receptions, 81 yards and two touchdowns. In a region, a matchup between Region Three and Region Four, and it—I it, guess—it has something to do with with the ranking here. So Groom was ranked number eight, Blum is ranked number nine, and they fall again. The Bobcats lose to the Panthers, forty-seven to thirty-four. That—that that was a little
2: surprising to me. I don't know what's going on over there. I think they're probably rebuilding as well. Maybe that inexperience is up one week and down the next. So we'll have to keep our eye on that team.
0: So let's get to some other games that we definitely have got some uh, information on, stats. Just remember, coaches, we want to get your kids' names out there. That, that's important, I think, uh, that these six-man kids get recognized for the jobs they're doing on the field. Send those stats in, texas one Fan at gmail.com. Get those stats into us. We want to get your kids out there and get them recognized. And speaking of recognized, I got to start with, you know, we had Coach Jeff Jones on last week. Had a matchup, Region 2 versus Region 4 in Division 1, and he talked about the Water Valley Wildcats and Coach Nathan Hayes. Well, guess what, folks? Water Valley is for real. They take out what I think is a really good Garden City Bearcats team, 54-8. Cannon Weiss, 18 carries, 237 yards, and five touchdowns. They held Sebastian Balcazar to nine carries for 12 yards. Logan Seidenberger, we've talked about the games he's had, only two of eight in the ballgame, 36 yards, and a touchdown. That's imp- that's a very impressive victory, I think, for Water Valley.
2: I guess we'll see. I'm going to have to make some time, and I'm going to have to go watch those Water Valley Wildcats.
0: Well, I, I think you do. Hop on your motorcycle and head that way. <laughs> I might have to do that before it gets too cold. Exactly. In Division Two, uh, a team. You know, we talk about Groom, and they got upset, and a team that's lurking in that district is Will Dorado. The Mustangs, led by first-year head coach Kyle Timmons, uh, came from Guthrie's, now at Will Dorado, they defeat Hart 70-24. to 24. This Dustin Bryant is amazing. 222 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 73 yards receiving, 11 tackles on the night. Um, at halftime, he sold hot dogs, and after the game, he cleaned up the concession stand. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm just saying. He had a great game. Trey Matthews, our quarterback, 185 yards passing and four touchdowns, also had seven tackles and a pick six. Mustangs are, are playing well, and uh, that, that's a team that may surprise people. I believe, if I remember correctly, Will Dorado and Grimm will meet on the uh, last week of the regular season.
2: Oh, yes. You know, that last week of the regular season is is going to be chock full of awesome games. We're going to have a lot to talk about after that one. Will Dorado was going to jump up and surprise some folks.
0: I, I think they will. Uh, speaking of surprise folks, White Deer. Uh, Coach Ruckert lost his first two games on the year, but they get a victory over Good old coach Joe Riley there and the Pirates at LaFors Carson Ketchum 268 all-purpose yards and five touchdowns to lead the Bucs to a 46 to nothing victory. Uh, Bynum and Morgan did battle and a really good game there out of region three a matchup of Division one and Division two and the Bulldogs take out the Eagles 62 to 44 before the Morgan Eagles Kason Sims 8 to 16 102 yards and three touchdowns and Morgan had two kickoff return for touchdowns in this ball game one from Adrian Verarica, Rico and Dathan Davenport. And Rico also had 12 tackles in the ballgame. So a good game for him, but buying them victorious in that one, 62 to 44. Next up, let's look at a uh, matchup out of Region three, two Division two teams, one out of District 11, the other out of District 12. And it was the Lions of Cranfield's Gap taking out the Tigers from Gustine 51 to nothing.
2: That's a little surprising because Gustain has been doing really well, but Cranfield's gap pretty much jumped on them uh, really quickly. One thing I want to talk about, about Cranfield's gap is they have a senior, his name is Trenton Robertson, Robertson, and he had three rushing touchdowns and seven tackles on defense, which, you know, you know, that's pretty good, but you have to consider one thing this young man was released from chemotherapy on Tuesday from testicular cancer. He practiced and he played and he did an outstanding job.
0: You know what? That's the kind of story that makes you sit there. And when you go to get out of bed in the morning, you go, I just can't, you know what? Just think back to that story and go, Oh yeah, I can get up and go. If that kid can do it, I can do it. So that that's, that's an awesome story.
2: So there you have it. Trend, you are a motivation to us all. Keep on doing well, and and we're going to keep watching you.
0: So there's a look at some of the big games across the state. Remember, coaches, get those stats in texas one A Fan at gmail.com. We want to give you a whole lot more information out there, and that's what we're looking to do with this podcast. And speaking of the podcast, Bobby, so many people kind of wonder, who is Texas 1A Fan? Now, it's something that you started, but there's so many people behind the scenes that help you, and – the part that I don't think anybody realizes, you guys don't get paid. It's a passion and something that you want to do, period, end of sentence. And, and that, that, I think, gets lost in all of this.
2: Yeah, yes, we all share the same passion. Um, like I had mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, I started this in December of 2015. So it's almost been six years, which is a little crazy because it's gone really fast. We have several team members. We also have a new one that I'll introduce here in just a minute. Three main photographers. And we have three broadcasters. One, his job has kind of kept him from broadcasting this year. But you might understand that because he's a DPS officer with the Highway Patrol. So we have Jason Henderson. He is in the Panhandle area. He does, our, does broadcasting for us. We have Stephen Reynolds who does broadcasting, and we also have Michael McClure, who does broadcasting. Michael and Stephen are married to our photographers, Dency McClure. They actually, Dency and Michael, live in Paint Rock, so they cover that part of the, the state. And Jonna Reynolds is married to Stephen. They live in Jayton, and they they don't mind driving at all. They're empty nesters, kind of like I am. And then we have David Chi, and he lives in Milford, so he kind of covers the east part of the state. We are very diverse, but one thing that we all share is the love of six-man football and making sure that six-man players and 1A players for any sport or activity are recognized. That's not a thing that you see most time in the news. I know Pete Christie in Lubbock does a really good job of that. And there are some news stations in Abilene that also do a good job of that. But let let me get to my new person. So he's not really new. He actually started Six Man Magazine a very long time ago. So he's been in the six-man game a lot. His name is Larry Martinez. You will probably know him as Six Man Magazine. He has joined Texas 1A fan as our newest photographer, and we're so excited to have him. So not only will we be able to cover more games, but definitely more players. So we're excited about that. And of course we have, oh Craig Craig over here who who helps us from time to time when he's not being the voice of the Happy Cowboys. <laughs>
0: Well, I love helping you guys out. And like I say, it's all, it's a passion for all of us. And I think that's, that's the most important thing. So sometimes you can hear the podcast and go, why didn't you mention my kid? Well, it, it, there's no spite there. Yeah. (laughs) I might not have gotten the stats B we just, you know, we went through it and we pulled, pulled a few things out. We do this out of a passion. We want to get more people to understand how important six man football is out there because, you know, everybody keeps knocking on the door going, it's not 11-man, it's just six-man. Well, guess what? There's some really good football that gets played at the six-man level, and that's our goal here is to get that recognized and get players uh, out there and and get their names uh, so that people, more of a household-type thing uh, for folks out there.
2: I totally agree. Uh, The more that we can put the six-man player or 1A player. It doesn't just have to be football. It could be basketball. It could be cheerleading. It can be band. It could be UIL academics. It could be anything that any activity or sport, anything that a 1A kid is involved in. That's what we want to shine a big spotlight on. If you have stories, again, we we don't want this just to be about you know a wrap-up show. We want to tell good stories like the story of Trenton Robertson. I mean, I mean, that just warms your heart and that keeps you motivated for days, if not weeks and months. If you have a great story, let us know. Uh, we'll, we'll probably ask you questions and, and we want to let the six man community know. For example, okay, so let me just tell you about the Battle of the Bell. That was my homework for this week. And what I found out is the Highland Hornets and the Blackwell Hornets reside in the same county. They also used to be in the same district. Well, they play each other. They're not in the same district now, but they play each other every year and they call it the Battle of the Bell. One parent about five or six years ago. So this is not an old tradition. It doesn't have to be an old tradition. One of the parents said, hey. I'm going to build a bell so if any of you have ever seen a bell that most schools well some schools carry around on a little trailer and they take it to games and they ring the bell well that's what they built and so whoever wins that game gets to take the bell
0: home for the year that's an awesome story
2: this year Highland got to take it
0: (laughs) I guarantee you those kids know exactly what they're competing for when, when you tell stories like that, they know what's out there and what, what what's on the line. And those are the kind of stories we want to tell here. As you said, not only the heartwarming stories, but we want traditions. Let's talk about everything that's out there as far as six man football goes and six man land and, and get that out there for, for our listeners to, to enjoy and, and get a little better understanding of some of the smallest towns in Texas with some of the biggest hearts.
2: Well, not only that, but, you know, you tell a good story about a cool rivalry or or something that happens like the Battle of the Bell. Some people might hear that and think, hey, I want to be a part of that. And they could come to your community and enjoy that with all the fans. That's what makes six man's
0: community so, so very good. And, And those are the things we're trying to tell hey same thing with coaches same thing goes with community members texas one Fan at gmail.com send that to us and you know we want to tell your story out there and that, that's what we're looking to do here so bobby um, before we get out of here uh let's take a look uh, real quick at some of the week four matchups that are set out there and there are some big ones uh spur takes on white deer i think that will be a good test for both teams Valley and Jayton, you know, White Deer and Valley, trying to figure out exactly how good they are. They both get a good test this week. O'Donnell and Spring Lake Earth, the Screaming Eagles, uh, taking on the Wolverines there. Sterling City and Borden County.
2: Oh, boy.
0: A the ball game. Mm. Uh, we're going to see how good Lakey is. They take on the Red Devils from Rankin. Blum and Jonesboro. Is Blum really down? Is Jonesboro really that good? We're fixing to find out very quickly we are we talked to coach Lee he's got Gorman Gorman with an upset over Blum uh last week but maybe the biggest game on the schedule Water Valley and Westbrook wow how did I miss that one I don't know but that 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 should be a fantastic matchup and we talked about Water Valley and and, and their uh victory over Garden City now they get Westbrook Talk about a test for both teams. That should be a good one.
2: That's going to be a really good one. And hopefully we can get someone to that game because I think that would be fantastic.
0: I agree with you. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us for the week of three Backroads podcast edition. I appreciate everybody tuning in to us. Get us those scores. Get us those stats. We'll get those out there. We'll be back here next Sunday night to uh, wrap it all up for you. Uh, maybe get some traditions out there. Get your kid's name out there and uh, take a look to week five. Until then, I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network and PressBassSports.com. And you are? I am Bobby
2: Brown with Texas 1A Fan. And all I got to say is go forward and do good.